We there yet? We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. (laughs) Okay, so we're here live. Uh, Welcome to WTY Podcast. We there yet? I'm here, Rich Kiamko, your host. here with Dustin Chapin. How you doing, Dustin? Hey, buddy. I'm good. I'm Congratulations. Good. He's got his new, uh, the Zoom album 2020, which is coming out from Comedy Records. And you're the the only Zoom comedy show of its kind or Zoom album. What's, um, what's, what's there was one other um, album recording um, by a comedian, Nori Davis. He did one. Um, it was his was basically they were kind of a club in Brooklyn and they recorded one one feed. And it was just a one stream. Mine uh, was actually recorded from people from all over the world. So you were streaming like multiple people watching from all like a regular Zoom show, like these Zoom shows we've done. I actually did an album from uh, two. We did two shows in one night and uh, people from all over Brazil, Texas, California. Wow, that that is like a crazy technical issue, though. Like, how did you make it like sync and did? did anyone walk in a cat come in or someone's lawnmower go off like crazy shit. yeah i mean it went out you know that's what's funny is like you know my first album um you know was like we worried about things like is you know are people going to show up um is this new material going to work you know when you're doing a zoom album it's like is my internet going to last you know <laughs> am, am i going to drop out in the middle of a joke <laughs> am i going to freeze yeah um is somebody's dick going to come into the frame like what's <laughs> I'm gonna get porn. an unplanned, an unplanned dick. <laughs> I'm gonna get porn zoomed, you know, porn bombed or whatever. So yeah, it's like you know, we we really kind of had to to you know manipulate the elements that we were dealing with, and uh, for the most part, it went off pretty well. You know, it's like once in a while, you know, somebody had their phone or something, and we'd have to like have a technical kind of chaperone to be like, hey, you know. Like we're doing this big thing. Could you, you know, have a little whatever? And, you know, you'd say in Zoom shows, you got to make sure everybody's mute is all off so you can hear their laughter. Right, right. And, uh, you know, the laughter is different because it's, you know, it sounds like Darth Vader laughing sometimes. You know what I mean? Right, like there's a, right. There's a weird element to, to kind of the technology you're working with. So, you know, you got to get used to the delay. Sometimes, you know, you'll say something and then maybe they hear it a little bit later or you hear their laughter a little bit later. So, you know, all those things. We had a pretty good feed. I worked with uh, the guy from Twitch and Comedy Hub and uh, he was a great producer, this guy, Jay. And he really did a good job and kind of like helping us with the tech issues. But uh, so, yeah, so there was a lot, you know, going on. And it was, you know, I had a huge green screen and I stood up and, you know, and had like the big microphone and you know, I treated it like a set. So, yeah, yeah. you know, my element was good. I, I really kind of worked it and kind of did a little crowd work and, you know, made it feel as close to I as I could to a real, you know, club set. And oh, so, nice, nice. you know, it worked well and we had a good time doing it. And of course, there's a lot of magic in post trying to make everything sound right and everything. So we, you know, was able to do a lot of that, but I was really happy with it. I feel like it's my best work. Um, it's my most personal uh, thing I've ever done. And that's the thing is when this thing first started, the pandemic and everything, it was like, you know, I started doing a lot of Zoom shows and then I found myself realizing that like sometimes when you do a Zoom show, as you know, you know, it'll be some of the same people and that'll be, all, you know, other comics that are kind of in your in your group or whatever. And so I was doing a lot of these regular ones and it was like a lot of the same people. So I realized I can't just do my same act. Like I got, I got to, I got to write new material. So I was right. writing new material all the time, way more than I was before this. 
And right. so the, the bar was low. I could just try stuff out. Who cares? Nobody's really getting laughs anyway. So, so <laughs> what's the big die. deal? On top yeah. of the world might completely die. And there's good shows and bad shows. You have a great Zoom show. And then some, some are good, some are bad. And so you just kind of like go with it. So I was finding myself writing a lot. And so as I kept writing and writing, I realized, you know what? I kind of almost have a new act. And so that's when I started getting excited about it. And I said, you know what? What do I got to lose? I'm in now, and I'm in Maine with my girl. We stayed there for like three months. And so we were out and they have a big um, pottery studio. They're potters. And um, so we're I'm, I'm in this and I've set up this huge studio for myself. And I had the room and the space and I just, you know, try, decided to go for it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try to do something. You know, I've been doing these shows. Maybe I can accumulate something. And so um, I put it together and uh, um, I did a Zoom show on Comedy Hub and one of the guys uh, liked me and I I told him, I said, you know, I'd love to work with you. I'm doing I'd I have an idea of doing the Zoom show. And then I just kind of went after it and just got some people and had enough people in, the, you know, in the Zoom. And you don't need that many people. That's the best thing about a Zoom show. You know, right, it's like right. 20 people is enough. And so, you know, we had 20, 30 people and whatever on both shows and it was great. And, you know, I was really, really happy with it. And the thing was, is like the fact that it, you know, it's a Zoom show. It's like, you know, and I, ha I was doing an album. I had to kind of, you know, not worry so much about the laughter. I just had to kind of get the, the content out. Right. Get your and content delivered. And yeah. And so it. my and my first album was kind of jokes. I'm a joke guy where I just like I'm a set up punch. Bam, bam, bam. You see me. We've worked a lot together. Yeah. And this this time it's like I did a lot of that in the beginning. It was a lot of kind of, you know, my you know, my take on the pandemic and mask and anxiety and eating too much and whatever and all that stuff. And then like the second half of the album is really kind of my crazy upbringing, you know, like um, when I was a kid, uh, the family bar turned into the family strip club. And so it's like we had this strip club and I remember being in the in the in the strip club, you know, at seven years old playing pinball. My boobs are right there and all this stuff. And so just like ridiculous things. And I do a running joke where it's like kids just weren't popular in the 70s. And so parents just didn't think about us so it's, it's like, <laughs> kids weren't trending and the they were they were i mean you know dad was smoking with the windows rolled up and a beer between his legs and you know it was like that's what it was and right. so we went on family vacations and my dad ended up in jail and, and so you know there's a i met my native american grandfather for the first time and he raided the liquor cabinet and created this whole thing it's like all these kind of crazy stories that I never had the confidence to tell because I feel like when you're in a comedy club, you know how it is. It's like, you, you, you know, you feel like you really have to, to, to hit the punch and you got to get the, you're only as good as your last set. Somebody, right, right, some right. watching you, whatever, like, you, you know, you just, there's an insecurity there that, 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 that kind of inhibits you. And yeah. So yeah. With this, it was like, I got nothing to lose. If I go, if it doesn't go well, I'll just delete it. So, right, you know. <laughs> right, right. Well, because the bookers, you're, you're, you're the booker. You decide what you get to put out. Yeah. Right? You can you, just edit down. Yeah. You could do what you want. But, you know, but you never know in the situation. But anyway, but I was really happy with myself because I just kind of just went out and told these stories. And I worked really hard at kind of, you know, kind of forming them and stuff. And then by the time I got to the show, um, and that's the thing about Zoom shows. It's such a great commute, you know. You just. <laughs> but d d does it feel weird though? I mean, in, in this whole arc of the pandemic and comedy, uh, the the thing I'm so used to is like do a club, do a thing, hang out in the back, do the next show, hang out in the back, or, or go to run to the next club. And here it's like, and then click. Uh, 
I'm in my pajamas. You're like, there's, <laughs> there's not like a, I have a good, I think I have a decompression period of falling asleep. I can't just turn off the comedy show and go to bed. I need yeah. to like commute or something. It's really weird, man. It's like, I mean, I've done a couple, I did a show on the road. I was in Arizona and stuff. And it was like, you know, it's really social distance and everybody's trying to do their best. I don't think it's going to last very long. I think eventually all the shows will be shut down. It's one of the few shows. And it's like, you know, um, there's no green room. You know, we used to just hang out in a green room and like, you know, comics would just banter and bust on each other and have fun. Right. And, right. You know, talk about the business and, you know, a lot of that. And then with the Zoom shows, I think you have to kind of, you know, hang out after like there. I've done some shows where we kind of do a hangout after the show and then we kind of just stay on the Zoom. And then right. we're just, it's like, you know, hey, just talk about bullshit and, and just we'll go back and forth. And that helps a little bit kind of bring back that because I think we definitely, definitely miss that camaraderie. I mean, there's a lot of comedians I don't miss. I'll tell you that. Let's do a list. I'm just, <laughs> I don't just love <laughs> I'm lost all in a bit. I'm just like, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> well, am I going to get banned? Like, from, where? Mean, from where? From where? From where? Banned from the internet. Banned from, from the where? internet. <laughs> that, but uh, so, yeah. So I think it's, you know, we're we're all kind of adjusting to the situation. You know, you doing your podcast. You know, I'm doing stuff like that. Like, you just find a way to kind of, like, adapt to this this thing that we, you know, it's not like it was. And you make the best of it. And you find a way and you, you can't. But the one thing you can't do, in my opinion, is you can't just you can't wait for it to get better again. You have to kind of acclimate and figure it out. And and that's kind of what this album was for me. It was for me to just kind of like, you know, do something different. And I was tired of my act anyway. And so it really forced me. I didn't think I, I definitely wouldn't have had a second album if this hadn't happened, unfortunately. I mean, I don't want millions of people to die for my art, but I felt like that. <laughs> you know, Italy, half of Italy had to go till I decided to write. You know, China be damned, but I could But you know how it, it is. You know yeah. how it is where you get, you know, you find your act and it works and it makes you money. And then you add crowd work to it. So you feel like you're fresh. But you know how to, you just, you get yeah. caught in that, you get caught in that act. It just but works. You have that greatest and, hits act and then yeah. you sort of do crowd work. With it, it works. Like, but then yeah. it's like, I'm and wearing the same outfit since I wore since the way. And I'm like, oh my God. I haven't yeah. Grown. So it, it was really, it was, it was really a big leap for me. I was very nervous to really do this stuff and, you know, and, uh, but it was good. You know, it was like, it's good to try stuff. And this is the perfect time to try something crazy. Right. You know? Right. It doesn't matter. But, Half the people that saw you will be dead. It won't matter. Yeah. <laughs> then i'll do a third album i'll have you know. exactly. <laughs> do the same album and it'll be new for all the survivors oh no <laughs> no but you know, it's it, but it, do you feel like you're in a different like what's who are you now like because you've now lived through this pandemic and had to deal with the insanity but now artistically you pushed yourself out of that i know what i i know what to do i've thrown some crowd work like, like you're how does that feel i must feel like I don't know. It feels good. I think a lot of um, art that's coming out of this, hopefully, is, um, you know, honest, you know, and I think I feel a little more a little more honest and like, you know, I feel like as comics sometimes kind of on the same theme of, of kind of, you know, we were talking about before with the same act or whatever, you know, we have like comedy ears. And if you if you take like the comics that are really successful, you know, people like Dave Chappelle, they don't have those club ears. They, you know, somebody like Dave Chappelle, he'll just get up and like he'll explore a topic. He He's not even flushed out like he's finding it on stage. He doesn't give a shit if somebody laughs or not. Like he's just kind of like 
given you his opinion and, and, and insight on it. And I think I, just like, that's not what a real comics do. And like a lot of times as club comics, we just get so caught up in like having to be perfect and close and da da. And so I feel like I'm just kind of like coming, coming to my own and kind of becoming a better comic in the sense of kind of taking more risk and not being so insecure about the laugh. And of course I'm going to get laughs. I know how to do that, but just kind of like, you know, just being okay with kind of new ideas and, you know, and, and if, and if I fail, I fail. Like, I don't think it's a big deal anymore. We get so caught up in having a bad set. It's like, who gives a shit? It's like, if somebody doesn't like me, that's not my fault. You know, I can't, I can't force them to like me. And I think sometimes we get caught up in that. And it's weird going from the zooms to back to regular shows because, you know, um, a lot of rooftops and you've done some outside shows and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was weird going from that because I felt like that was a whole nother element. And, and what I'm struggling with now is trying to bring that energy of kind of like the, the, the new stuff and the new ideas and all that and not caring about the last, you know, and kind of trying to take that back to the regular audiences and it's tough because i find myself falling into the like ah, i gotta kill there's a club owner watching me and then right, right. It's, it's still that whole thing you know i've only done like two big clubs but it was like you know it was still that same element and i really really want to try to force myself out of that because but that's a struggle i'm having is because i really you know the zoom thing has been very organic for me and then the other experience i fall in my old habits so i'm really trying to break myself from that right now when you were doing these clubs were they indoors outdoors or they were more traditional like a club but um well distances. most of, uh, most of the stuff i've done has been rooftops and backyards and stuff but i did do i did do a funny bone in columbus i work with tj miller a lot and i did uh, i opened for him there and uh you know they had plexiglass you know on the audience um they they uh fumigated um during between shows wow um, everybody wore masks um we have our own microphones yeah. Um, we don't touch each other. We, we enter from different places. We're masked up when we get to the stage. You know, I mean, I'm not saying it's the best thing because one thing I've noticed in, you know, this last one I did will probably be my last one for a while because um, I got kind of sketched out, but I, and there's just no more work. But um, I feel like alcohol and COVID doesn't go well together. <laughs> <laughs> really? Cool. That, you know, that's the thing. It's like, it's kind of one of those things like you like like you know you feel safe in the club as much as you can you know the doors are open people are doing their best and whatever but then it's like after the show is when it gets sketchy and so you really and that, and that's a hard thing too because it's like it's really difficult because like you were saying you like in the green room hanging out with the comics i love talking to the audience i love right. you know getting right. to know them and you know and, and that's how you that's how you like create fan a fan base right and so right but sometimes that's weird because somebody but after three drinks in man some their yeah. mask is hanging they're, off right or they're know? just they're just raw dogging their face at you you're like <laughs> what didn't we, you, didn't they want to hug you it's right, like right. yeah it's i'm like, like didn't your son die of covid why yeah. are you talking to me like this you yeah. forgot like what happened like crazy so, stuff yeah yeah so that's the stuff that you know and i guess to avoid that you just don't you know interact with them but it's difficult you know that's it's hard because it's like there's a thing it's like even doing the shows it's like i had to turn down two shows this week and you know they were in manhattan and stuff and it's like you know it's guys that are kind of skating the line a little bit of like hey it's a comedy show but there's only like 10 people it's inside but it's not you know and then i have to stop doing like i for i have to force myself to be like okay dummy it's like you got away with this hopefully you're getting your test tomorrow like you can't 
you can't just keep testing the waters. You got to eventually right, right, because right. We, but we're addicted to being performers. And so you like you, yeah. you rationalize it because some, you know, because the waitress wears a mask. That's not enough, you know, so I understand where it's at. But yeah, yeah. but, you know, it, it's like and I think places do a good job. I mean, like the funny bones do a good job and there's some other chain clubs that really go out of their way. But I feel like. You know, it's it's really depends on the surge that's coming in the second wave and what's happening. And, you know, I think eventually with the uh, hopefully this vaccine situation works out. But who knows? You know, right. Right. I mean, it's it's because I get I get these offers from these because I've been running outdoor shows here in Jersey City and then other people are approaching me, but they're like still indoors. And I'm not, you know, if people want to run there and figure out how to do 25 percent or whatever percentage and masks. I just feel like, but people could take their mask off and eat while they're watching the show. I'm like, this is, that's not okay to me. I'm just like, then what, just stop pretending it's, it's, I, well, it, that kind of math in my head. I, mean, I can't, the statistics, it's like, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I mean, well, even restaurants, obviously, you know, it's like, that's, it'd be, I mean, it's all the same. It's like indoor dining and that kind of thing. I don't know. I mean, I just, yeah, you need to be extra cautious for sure. And, um, but I, I understand my situation that, you know, I, I kind of, maybe I dipped in the water I, where maybe I shouldn't have, but, but God, I tell you, it was good to feel that laugh again. Right. <laughs> right. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I it's kind of like only... that drug, you know, that yeah. drug, you're just like, Oh my God, I got an applause break. That felt amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had an applause break in fucking nine months. You know, <laughs> so it's, it's like nobody's saying, applauding. Hey, nobody's applauding on zoom. Right. Like, right God, right. you know, Right. It's like going, come on, baby, just the tip. Just the tip. Exactly. It's like, like, oh, yeah. like, oh my God, I could die. Like sex without a condom, you know? It right. Was, well, it the, it's like, I remember when I was yeah. younger, the first time I entered without a condom, like, this is amazing. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm loving it. Oh, well, I'm like, oh, it's crazy. That's, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's how strong know. the drug is. That's how strong right? it is. Right. And I just think, like, uh, when you're sitting in the clinic with a needle up your ass, just like, yeah, yeah, nobody Is wants that. No, but no. nothing's ever worth it, you know. You just, but you have to be smart, you know. But, uh, but anyway, I, you know, it's like we're comedians, and hopefully, we could be comedians again in a regular setting, you know. Yeah, but I feel like just like from what I'm, from witnessing what you're talking about too, it's like you've made it. Like you just you found a way to artistically grow, to express your work in the new medium, and come out with an album. You know, yeah, it's I like, was, that's an amazing feeling. Cause like not everyone's, yeah. you know, able to get to that critical kind of level of themselves and follow through. And because yeah. comics are, can be talented, but they don't necessarily complete. Yeah. Um, follow through. I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you saying that. And um, I was talking to somebody earlier and they were saying that kind of like scrappy people will survive something like this. And like, I'm a scrappy guy where it's like, if nobody gave me stage time, I created my own place or I did this or I did that. You know, I found ways to kind of like, you know, get ahead on my own terms. And, I've, and I'm very, you know, you have to kind of, you know, look around and use all your strengths as a, as a person, as a businessman, as an artist, like you have to figure out just, you know, look the elements that are changing. How can I adapt? And so, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I'm always thinking about, you know, things and how I can get my art out there. And so this was a situation where it's like, all right, this makes sense. Cause I just, you know, after like four zoom shows, I'm like, well, why couldn't I record this? And so, you know, you just, it all kind of started coming to me or it's just like, we should all be doing stuff like this you know and and elements are changing you know it's like uh 
Kevin Hart just did something that was kind of COVID, you know, related and the way he did the special. And, you know, so it's like, you know, we just have to kind of be as much innovative as we can because, you know, it's it, we have the tools to do this. You know, the, this technology is here. You and I are not in the same room and we're having a great conversation. And it's just as good as if we were in the same room together. And that's right. amazing. Thank right. God for this technology. <laughs> right. I mean, we wouldn't have made it in the 80s. We would have all been. We've all yeah. been dead. What would have happened? We, you know, it's like, who knows? It's like it would have been horrible. And so we have this, you know, and thanks to mediums like Instagram and Zoom and, you know, and we can, you know, we can have content and we can have podcasts and TV shows and different things. And, you know, we can we can create. And so it's like it gives us the opportunity to do that. And so take advantage of it. Like I said, you can't just wait for this to be over because it might be another year before it's like it was. And so. People may be gun shy, even if we have a vaccine and people may not even like I don't think I would go into a basement uh, place full of people, you know, like, you know, if I if I don't have to, like, I don't know. I really don't think I would. You know, right. I mean, maybe the new the future is this sort of hybrid of like airy spaces that are the new clubs so that bigger people... clubs bigger clubs and these clubs that i'm playing are gigantic they're 400 500 seaters and so but that's the thing on the road they can do that and in manhattan it's a little difficult there's only like three places that have space and so it's like you know it's like yeah i think a big airy comedy is definitely airy and i think places like california you know are going to do great because the weather's great all the time so you can just why not just have tons of patio shows Right, right. And there's tons of open spaces that you can translate into something quickly yeah. there. Like here, I'm like, God, there's yeah, parking, I made, parking lots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> parking lot shows. There's nothing worse than being honked at by a guy in a Honda Civic, you know, <laughs> being heckled by a Honda horn. Yeah, nobody wants that. Exactly. <laughs> really? Do you want it? Do you, do you really want Can I at least be an Escalade or something? Something. But, but to be honest, it's been kind of like I love and it's funny that it, I felt stand up uh, comedy, um, you know, definitely took a few more risks than probably it should have taken. But at the same time, the beauty of like yourself too, doing outside shows and rooftops and just watching comics kind of be innovative and figuring out ways to have shows and to have laughter and comedy audiences and stuff. So that has been pretty cool to watch all that happen. You know, I mean, I, I did, uh, you know, some of these Brooklyn shows are fantastic and just being on top of it, you're on a rooftop, you're overlooking the skyline of Manhattan and it's like people are there for con. Like, I mean, that's a beautiful thing, man. It's like, you know, yeah. just, to, just when that kind of comes together, and like, you know, you're getting laughter on a rooftop with the thing and the skyline. I don't know. I just think it's one of those moments that are just kind of beautiful that you can kind of like just be. Yeah. yeah, you know, we did it like we're finding a way to make this work. Right. Right. It's like we're, we're like the it's like uh, after the nuclear warheads, uh, uh, you know, annihilated all the towns. We're like, well, let's just put a mic stand on the rubble and do it the is, show. It is. I call it like every time I do one of those shows, I'm just like, this is like a Walking Dead episode, you know, <laughs> where we're just we're like, we're all like trying to like feel normal again. So we're just having a comedy show and like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, there are people eating other people pretty much. on the, on the yeah, street. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and you're in a relationship. So you're able, you were able to have like, sort of a pod of another person because not everyone because like some of these shows i have like especially zoom you could people that are in situations that they're completely isolated 
Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow, this is so valuable for people to feel connected because not everyone has someone to curl up with. Yeah, absolutely. 95% of that is is definitely positive. And then there's the other 5% is like, I need some space. You know? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not full time with my partner. We have, he's in the city. I'm here. I'm happy to do like a weekend night on a Sunday, Sunday off peak Sunday yeah. night. Yeah. And then I'll do one night in the week. I'm like, I don't know if I could. I, I think I'm a different person now. Like when I was younger, I'm like, I need to be right with But now like, I definitely need to not be around. Him. Yeah. And I, th I think that's definitely depends on the relationship and yourself as well. But it's like, you know, Lee and I both being comedians. And a lot of times we didn't spend a lot of time together because we were on the road or like separated or like weird hours or whatever. So it's like, you know, sometimes we didn't get a lot of quality time that we, that we would have cared to have and so it, it did kind of force us to kind of like we were already kind of happy to be together because we didn't sometimes we wouldn't see each other for like a week or something and so you know we found a way to make it work and you know and it's like uh, we had a good time actually you know my i had a running joke about that it's like it was so nice to spend time with my girl that i might even lie to her when it's over and just be like oh no man it's still out there some guy <laughs> some guy in florida ate a lizard and now the covid 26 is coming you know yeah 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 <laughs> Cause you know, you just sometimes, you know, you're just getting fat and watching Netflix, you know, it's kind of fun, but, uh, right. and there's no pressure to be achieving. Cause you're like, well, you gotta yeah. stay inside. Just yeah. stay inside. So there was a moment where that was good. It's definitely, I think that's fading. We kind of want to just be regular again, but, right. but yeah, there was some good moments to it, you know, some good quality time and whatnot. What's on your, like, I guess if you reflect back, like, what was on your vision board before COVID what's on your vision board now? Like, what's the big picture now as opposed to what you thought you wanted? Uh, well, it was funny. I did put new album. I did put that on there. <laughs> and you still got it. You still got, I got it. it. I'm very happy about that. That was on my list. Um, and it's coming out December 23rd. So yes, it's still so I in got it just in time, just in time for the year. Um, you know, I did have some goals. I'm trying to look if we wrote some goals up there. I'm oh, I love it. Your vision port's right there. I don't know if it's there. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> This is the un this is the un unplugged version of the podcast. Like you just got you know what? I'm gonna go grab that. I'm gonna go grab that vision board. Um, yeah, there was some writing projects, some writing projects and stuff that I I kind of want to get to that I didn't quite get to. Um, I want to do a a Mormon one man show. I used to be a Mormon, a missionary, and I want to do a whole show on. I love it. I mean, I look at you, and yeah. the last thing I'm thinking is Mormon missionary. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it was a weird time in my life, you know, because my parents kind of are like this. They're very kind of rock and roll and stuff. And so they smoke weed and like, oh, wait, wait, know, hold on. Drinking. So we rewind. So family bar became a stripper bar. And you were my Mormon. parents aren't Mormon. My parents are not. Mormon. Oh, OK, wait. Yeah. Oh, OK. But then you became a Mormon. Converted high school. Okay. Yeah, there was how, a, a how Mormon. I had a Mormon girlfriend. Very pretty girl, very pretty girl from Salt Lake City. And uh, she stole my heart and uh, I just converted to Mormonism in high school. Wow. And, uh, became a Mormon, pissed my family out. Because the thing, my family was kind of rock and roll and stuff. And so I think the only way to rebel against that is to go the other direction. It is to become a Mormon, right, right. That's the Yeah, yeah, being an alcoholic is the norm, but uh, becoming a Mormon is a whole other thing. So yeah, so that's what I happened. I just became a Mormon and um, we actually ended up breaking up. And I think despite her, I became a missionary and I went to South America 
and I was in Chile, Santiago for two years, and I was a missionary, and I enjoyed it. I was a Mormon. I'm not Mormon now, obviously, but I was for about six years. I kind of was a Mormon, pretty, wow. pretty much no rated R movies, no cursing, no what, you know, no coffee, no booze, no drugs. I was a very good Mormon. I was a missionary, and I baptized a lot of people, and. I was, uh, yeah, read my book of Mormon, wake up. And I was a total regular Mormon and, for a really then, long but, time. But were you clean shaven and wearing? Yeah, of course, little... of course, of course. You know, you can't have, a, you know, as a missionary for sure. I right. mean, I before I was a hippie, long hair and stuff. And then, the, and then I became a Mormon. I had to cut my hair, become a missionary and all that. So, yeah, I went through a transformation. You know, I was kind of a biker kid in high school. And then I became a Mormon. And then once I found like New York City and comedy and then I started becoming myself again, kind of my pre Mormon self. And so it's like that's why it's such a weird transformation for people to see me now and think of me then. But if you I mean, I got plenty of pictures where it's like, you know, I was the Mormon and then before the Mormon, I was a certain way. And so, you know, I just kind of and I'm kind of a chameleon. I, I can adapt to any style and whatever. I'm a, wow. I'm one of those people. I can abandon myself for someone and I then can't. come back. I can't. I mean, I've been there. I have been there. I, look, I got divorced for a reason because I reclaimed myself. Exactly. I mean, it's like we find things in our life. And the thing is, is like I was when I became a Mormon, it was one or two things. I was just going to join the Navy or something or the Army or become a Mormon. And I figured it was easier to get out of Mormonism than the U.S. Navy. So I just, you know, I chose chose that route. And it and it was really good for me because it was like, you know, it was a structure and it was, you know, the Mormons are really good people. You know, the, the, the belief system is obviously kind of skewed, but the, you know, the people are nice. And that was the thing is like, my parents were kind of like drunk and crazy and stuff. And so this was like a, you know, families that cared about you had you right, know, right. sit down and eat meatloaf together and talk about your day. And, you know, so I never had that kind of interaction. My parents were kind of a little detached. So it was a nice right. feeling. And so, and then it's like, it got me to stand up because I was, um, you know, I went on the mission, then ended up going to BYU in Idaho. And then I ended up, um, you know, getting uh, accepted into Parsons in New York City design school. And so and then I came to New York and then I started, you know, going to school here. And then I became a busboy at uh, a comedy club. And that's kind of where everything else started. Wow. Happening. And so, no, yeah, no, so, no. It, so Parsons, I forgot about Parsons. Yeah. So, so I went to Parsons. I, I studied design. I ended up being kind of a fine arts major, but I, but originally I thought I was gonna be the next Carl Lagerfeld or something. But, uh, you know, that's, that was my envision. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but uh, then I ended up just, you know, kind of finding comedy and whatnot and you know whatever. But yeah, so it got, I feel like it got me to New York. It also got me out of my shell. I was a very shy kid. So, you know, I was always talking to people, trying to convert them to Mormonism and <laughs> all that shit. Trying to brainwash. Hey, you try to brainwash like, people. It's like you, you get really Parsons? good at talking. No, 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 no. And when I was a missionary is what I'm saying. Oh, okay, it, okay. It, yeah, it got me, uh, kind of opened me up. No, Parsons is kind of where I started becoming regular again. Right, right. Yeah. Cause I went to FIT. We always thought of Parsons as like the Yale, the comp competition. We were like, mm. it, it's de it was definitely better. <laughs> <laughs> it was harder to get into, but whatever. Yeah, 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 but whatever. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to compare portfolios, but I'm just oh, saying yeah. it, was, it was harder to get into. <laughs> hey, I was selling poly blend shirts and bought a condo, bitch. What yeah. did you do? All right. Well, Donna I mean, Karen. Donna Karen said I was great. So whatever. <laughs> well, I went for Donna Karen's licensee. Okay. <laughs> I was so commercial. It was disgusting. Donna Karen came to us and she said, "What's a dress shirt?" But she wanted us to design them. I'm like, "You don't even." She was just licensing her name out. I mean, Hilarious. it was you know, it's like the business. It's 
it well it it was what it was but it, it also helped me find comedy so yeah here, here we are both of us abandoning our design backgrounds to yeah uh, you never know you know you don't know what's you know that's the thing about new york is new york has this energy that you're you know you can just even if you think you're going to do one thing you can it'll it opens you up to kind of new ideas and finding something else and meeting new people and you never know the path and that's what i love about the energy of new york is like you just you can kind of just come here and i think it'll work out because my whole thing was like as long as i'm not living in bumfuck texas I go, I've made it as long as I'm I've, as long as I'm in New York City and I'm pursuing a dream, no matter what level, no matter what money, no matter what it is, I'm, I've made it as long as I'm here in this city doing something or a city that's like this, like that has metropolis and like, you know. It's like because that's all I ever wanted. I remember being in high school, just reading the New York Times, you know, leisure section and art section. Just I was so I was so in love with New York. I was just right. like being a little kid in Texas. We had to go to the gay neighborhoods just to get a good film. You know, that's where the bookstores were. That's where the record stores were. So we, you know, it was a very small, like little street in Oakland and, you know, or Lemon Avenue in Dallas and stuff. And it's like that. And that's where the energy where that's where you got a museum or whatever. So it's like, I was always trying to seek it out, you know, and it was so hard to find culture in a place like Texas. And so once, once I got to New York, I was like, ah, oh, this is it. This is my place. Right, right. So, you know, so it's like, so I always was in love with that. So I've just loved the idea of just kind of abandoning everything and, you know, coming here. But, you know, but I had to be a Mormon along the way. That's fine. I can deal with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I think that's, but I think that only enriches, like, your perspective because you, you're able to kind of throw everything out, reinvent. And, like, you've reinvented yourself how many times now? I mean, yeah, think of it. And through COVID, you've reinvented and you have that kind yeah, of New York. It is what it is, you know? It's like you do what you, you know? It's like we should all be like Madonna, you know? And Lady Gaga and Grace Jones and, you know, whatever. Just like, take, have fun. Like, like you know? Right. And I'm, I'm all about that. I change my look, my style, my mentality, whatever. It's like that's, you know, that's that's what's great about being an artist. You can do that. It's not a regular job. You can't you can't reinvent yourself when you're an accountant. <laughs> you can't reinvent numbers. Like we're not gonna do the assets and, and, and what's accounts you know payable. We're gonna skip that and we're gonna just sort of do an edge like like uh, you know, but number five doesn't exist anymore. Like, no, no one has to exist. Exactly. So that's what's fun about being an artist. And that's one thing, you know, I've always felt like, you know, that's what's great about stand-up is you can do whatever you want and that's why it's like you can dress the way you want you can you know act the way you want you can have the opinions that you want like it, it you know you're the writer director you know star so you do whatever you want and that's the beauty of it and that's what's so that's what's so appealing about the whole experience is like you could just you know just kind of like just do your own show and it, nobody has to tell you what to do and right like, that's what right. i love about it it's enough and it's an interesting you know and i guess this is a thing i'm i'm still learning it's like an interesting type of intimacy that doesn't exist in another form like there's a kind of intimacy that happens with an audience you still have your voice but it has to you're playing like tennis or something with the audience with what you do but yeah. like i'm learning and like you're in a long-term relationship like 14 15 years now yeah 15 and, coming it's, up, yeah. and it's like learning i mean you're both comics so it's different i'm in the i'm with the non-comic now and not i've always i don't think i've ever i don't know if i've ever dated a comic comic but uh, I think your it, pool is a little small. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Mario yeah. Cantone? Yeah. <laughs> I've already been. I met Mario Cantone. I was a, I was still a teenager, and I was designing costumes for Judy Tenuta. And then oh, the nice. producer from that show, oh, he amazing. had his show, the the Steampipe Alley. So I think I was like seventeen years old. I met oh, Mario. Wow. 
this is in the old days before me too. I'm at Mario Cantone, nothing bad happened, but I'm just saying, I'm at Mario Cantone's apartment. I'm, I'm measuring him and fitting him. He's with someone, but I'm like, oh my God, I'm a teenager. I'm in someone's apartment. Is this guy gay? I mean, it was like, he wasn't out yet. I was out, oh, really? but I was like- Oh, that's funny. But he had like Disney, Disney, you know, uh, memorabilia around his apartment. I'm like, this seems kind of gay, but you know, I was just here to do my job. This was like the eighties. So, you know, no one was fully out then. Not even, yeah. anyway. Even but, Ellen was running right. around with a mullet trying to act like we didn't know. Right, exactly, exactly. I mean, come on. Ellen, Ellen was still straight. So it's yeah. like, okay, I guess, uh, you know, the Liberace wasn't fully, I mean, it was, you know, it was such a weird period of time. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, you just you just never know where you're gonna pop out and pop in. But yeah, there's not that many gay. Com- I don't. I would not want to. As much as I fantasize that I want another comic boyfriend, I would. I want, don't, I don't, I don't I would, think I want. That. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. You know, I don't. I don't think. You know, Lee and I. The situation was just kind of like you know, it, it was we found each other and we like each other and it worked. But I've I've dated a, I've dated a comic before her and it did not go well. And uh, she would like kind of rip off my material and she would get me in fights at clubs and like a whole slew of horrible things happen. And so it's like, you know, it's just it's not for everybody. And sometimes, you know, it, it what's what I like about it with my situation. And it, to me, it's person to person. It's not comics are all the same. Right, you know? it's, right, it's right. Person to person. The person that I'm with who happens to be a comic, you know, we do understand each other. And we respect each other and, um, you know, we're able to kind of like, you know, when you when you have a bad set, you know, we we understand what that a lot of regular people don't understand that because I've dated people and that weren't comics that like, you know, why are you still upset about that show? And I'm like, well, cause it's, it's like it's my fucking it's my life. Like it's it's I give myself my soul up there and I care if it works or not. And so it's like, you know, I want it to I want people to enjoy it. You know, so you don't have to explain that to another comic. You don't have to explain what rejection is to another comic. You don't have to explain to like, sometimes you don't make a lot of money to, to, to the person who's a comic, like they get it. And so it's like being able to connect to the right person that gets your world is nice, but in the same breath, you know, it's, it's sometimes you're competing with this energy and it's like, you know, we're both this manic comedians. It's like, sometimes you're just like, okay, dude, I get Thursday, you get Tuesday. We can't do it on the same day. <laughs> I know you didn't get into Montreal. I didn't get into this or whatever, but we we can't do it on one day. We got to right. we got to spread it out. Like I'll I'll be there for you one day, you be there for me the next. So it's like sometimes there's it's a lot because you're just trying to, you know, we're both insecure artists and we're trying to, you know, get right. ahead. It's right. tough business. You know, so there's like but at the end of the day, it's like I found the right person who happened to be in the same field as me. But we, you know, but it's definitely work. I think one thing that's helped with with my relationship being with a comedian is, you know, there's some people have found a way to work together a lot, you know. And so mm. like like they they have an identity of being a couple. And with the person I'm with, we're pretty good at kind of separating our own careers. And I think that's, you know, and that has worked for me because it's like, you know, we've in the beginning, we kind of had some growing pains where we kind of worked a lot together and, you know, we on the road and different things. And we still work together. We do a podcast on Patreon and we kind of like for the pandemic and we talk about kind of like being, you know, being a couple in the pandemic and how we're able to kind of. And that's the really the first time we've ever really worked together in a long, long time 
was on this project because it was like, you know, we figured we're, you know, there's nobody else to work with except each other. So, <laughs> so <laughs> might as well, might as well take goes. advantage of it. Yeah. So we started working together a little bit on that. But but for the most part, we have a separate identity. And I think a lot of times, you know, comedy couples kind of like they're too in sync. There's a lot of couples out there that it's just like, you know, they're known for being with each other. Whereas like with Lee and I, I feel like we're not, you know, we're separate comedians. It's like, you know, you know her. If you see us at a club, we barely talk to each other. You know, look, we're not we don't you we're not making out and making it about us. And, you know, like we're just like we're comics and we're working. And a lot of times you see like couple comics. I don't know. They they bug me because I feel like they make it more about my relationship with the person. And Lee and I are like, but we're both comics. We do our thing. We're both, you know, good at what we do. And we but we separate it. And right. so. I think right. that's that's what's helped my relationship. I don't think we'd be together 15 years if we were always like a unit of comedy. We're like, we're just, you know, we, I don't know. To us, we kind of keep that separate and have our own relationship and we keep it private. We have our, we have some privacy to our relationship. And I think that helps too. Whereas some of these couples, it's like they do podcasts and different things about hating each other. And, you know, it's just like, I hate my husband. And they, they do this whole thing. And it's like, we don't put our, you know, that we don't put that stuff out there. Right, right. If we're having problems, we're not going to make a. That's not going to be on the podcast, you know. <laughs> that's dangerous. That's like it's one thing to have a, a bit about a thing that's funny, that's quirky, conflict. But like, yeah, a little bit. But we, maybe be, we'll but play be, around. But, but. Yeah, but but something that you haven't resolved with each other, you don't just do it. <laughs> Sometimes it'll sneak in. It'll be like, okay, maybe we should push pause right now. I don't think I want everybody to know that I don't listen to you. And da, da, da. you know, let's just put a pause on that because uh, you know. I, you know, so yeah, so you know, but uh, but it's definitely a challenge. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I my partner's a civilian. I mean, he works in the business in management, but I realized like he's seen so much of. You know, he sits in the he sits in the back of the club and like he sees what I do. But I'm like, yeah. and I, this is something that I learned in my previous relationship that doing crowd work on my partner is not helpful to a relationship. Like snarking on someone in my house is not the same as doing it in a crowd or you know with an audience and he's yeah. he's excited to do it with me at home i'm like no 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 don't do this at home with me like this doesn't work there's no audience oh, that's funny you know but he doesn't <laughs> yeah. know it's like a puppy that's like hey this is what you do like no don't bite me here you can bite me on stage <laughs> don't break blood don't don't make blood you're making blood at home stop but he doesn't know that yet he hasn't learned yeah. it and i'm like trying to I want to be compassionate because I still need to make an amends for my previous. Like, oh my God, he yeah. kept telling me about that in couples therapy and I didn't get it. I yeah. didn't get that that doesn't work. Now I get it because it's happening to me. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's like, you know, yeah, I think there should be you know, a safe space, you know, for your, you know, regular life and feelings and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So now you, I, I, before I forget, I want to say you also have a Twitch a, a show on Twitch. On uh, Twitch, whatever that is. <laughs> Wait, you don't even know what Twitch is? Are you on I'm it? I'm getting. I'm getting. Is someone else? Is um, someone else running it? Twitch TV is. Um, I think Dustin's it's a gaming vinyl? network that's starting to do other content, and uh, I'm working with Comedy Hub Live, which is a really cool channel on there, and they do a lot of uh, comedy live, live comedy uh, online shows, and and uh, it's really cool. You can, there's a lot of people on there and they've kind of like, when they take a break from their PlayStation 5 game, they can, you know, watch a little comedy. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, vinyl, uh, vinyl records. Um, it's something that I collect. It's one of my passions. Um, it used to be Beanie Babies and now it's- uh... <laughs> Stop, you, you have Beanie Babies? 
Dude, I've been into everything at some point in my life. I, I, you know, I got into uh, Star Wars action figures, but it was uh, Phantom Menace, the worst movie ever. So I, pay, I pay, so I spent all this money on all these, and then it's like that's the one movie that shit's not worth anything. Right, right, <laughs> right. You Nobody's you bought the B side figures. <laughs> Nobody's paying for a Darth Maul. So right, uh, yeah, right. it's you know it's kind of one of those things. So anyway, so I go to record stores and stuff, and I really that's the one industry I want to keep alive is the mom and pop record store. And so I have a buddy that owns one, uh, Village Music uh, Underground on Bleecker and stuff. And so, you know, I just kind of uh, I I started an Instagram show when when COVID hit, and that was something I was doing a little bit on Instagram. I was kind of, you know, just doing like a minute or whatever on i would just randomly pull an album and talk about it and stuff and then my own personal collection and you know just kind of see where it went and just kind of shared a concert story or whatever i had whatever connection i had with the album and so i did on instagram and then i had a buddy of mine uh jeffrey paul who was uh he was doing oh, yeah, yeah he was doing a music show and he was a roadie for many years and he worked uh on a lot of different sets for journey and some music bands oh my god yeah so, yeah so, yeah, and he owned a record store when he was in high school, right out of high school and stuff. And so we um, we kind of always connect on music. And so, um, you know, we he and I kind of started a YouTube show and then I started kind of working again with the Comedy Hub guy. And we realized, you know, this might be cool to do a podcast on uh, Twitch and on, on Comedy Hub. And so we just kind of been doing it. We did our first show live last week and we really enjoyed it. And it's a lot of interaction with people. People come on and talk about like we had a big issue. The big issue last week was like, you know, should you wear the band's concert T-shirt to the concert? Right, like was, right. There's a whole there's a whole thing of like, would you wear NXS to NXS? You have to wear something else. Or if you're in the band. Yeah. You can't wear your own band shirt. I don't know. I, I mean, I was I was OK with it. Like, it's funny because a few people were kind of against it. And, and and he was like, well, there's only certain bands like Iron Maiden or Rush or something. And I said, I don't care. I said, if, if I like the band, I wouldn't think. And then another guy chimed in off of the thing. He's like, well, I just buy this shirt at the concert and take off the shirt I'm wearing. And I put it on right there. So it's like there's no rules. It's it's freaking art. It's fun. <laughs> only the current merch. You can only wear the current merch that's on sale at the concert. No vintage, no knockoffs. I disagree. I think you should just have fun. It's like team colors. You wear If you go to a Green Bay Backers store, you're wearing the jerseys. You're going to wear their jerseys. Yeah, so it's Why, the same what's thing. What's wrong with doing that? At a, you came to the concert. You spent all this money, and then you have to pretend that to be like straight acting at a gay pride parade. Come and you on, exactly, exactly, um, and exactly. You gotta, you know, you dress up. You go to a Star Wars premiere. You might wear the, you know, the Star Wars outfit. Like, who cares? Right. So it's the same thing. Just be a nerd for your band. Who cares? Nobody. Right. Cares. I think I don't it's care. like it's so weird to be cool in the middle of a nerd out. <laughs> Not trying to be cool is the new cool. So that's <laughs> like that's what I say. So yeah, but so so it's fun. So yeah, so we do that. It's uh, Wednesdays at seven p.m. on Twitch. Um, you can go to Comedy 7, Hub 7 Live. Seven p.m. Eastern on Twitch. Eastern. Sorry, we gotta yeah, say we that. Have to, we have to do time zones, right? Everything's time seven p.m. Eastern time. Um, on Zoom. Uh, not on Zoom. Uh, no, on no, Comedy on Hub. Comedy Hub, and that's and Twitch. Dustin, on Twitch, it's yes. Dustin's vinyl. Yeah, and you can go to my Instagram at uh, underscore Chafin, Dustin Chafin. Um, you can uh, go there and uh, follow me, and I'll give you all the links and all that stuff. So underscore. Dustin, Dustin, Dustin underscore Chafin. Chafin. Dustin Sorry. underscore Chafin. Okay, yeah, I, had a, I had a thing on a podcast, so I had to like, like all these guys, people started trolling me, so I had to change my handle. 
Oh really? So, yeah, it was like a whole thing. Like people, you know, people. But are they're not gonna find. They're not gonna find you now with that. That. that well, it, was, it actually worked. Out. It actually worked because it was like one of those things. I didn't like the podcast situation. It was like people were kind of trolling me and shit. So I just changed it to that. Just it was really about that particular day. I was like, I'm just gonna change it because it's like they've already blasted it out as the other one. So I think it. it, it sometimes you just had there's a small window where people can mess with you. <laughs> so if you just like go out, if you attack it quick. Then it's like, you know, then it's done. So that's what I did. Oh, okay. Wow. I love it. I'm a resourceful guy, you know. I just I, t- I, st- I took the anti-venom, I sucked the blood out. I, I put I, I, I put a uh, I just put an underscore over the wound and it was gone. It's gone. Nobody came at me. It's great. That's great. So it's how wild else, business. Yeah. How else? Yeah, well, but it's you know, we're this is definitely the you always know, something. living you know dead. You know how it is, it's always yeah. something. It's some ridiculous thing you got to deal with in comedy and, yeah and it's a yeah. ridiculous thing that's nothing else in the outer yeah. world it's it's nothing but somehow it becomes a troll storm and then yeah, it's like uh did it matter did it i mean yeah, i always feel i always feel like when i'm being heckled it's always because it's a, it's a person who didn't do what i'm doing didn't get to do that for themselves so they're going to take yeah. it down on someone else i mean no one, no one's like i can't wait to grow up and be a heckler right they're like they do i think they do i think there's like you know kind of what you were saying before where it's just like you know people don't read your sensitivity i think you know the average bully is a heckler you know it's like you know you know all those bullies we had in in junior high and those people probably go to comedy shows and heckle the comedians right i think i think those people grow into that asshole that can't handle his booze and like messes with the comic and always says thinks he's better than the guy on stage i think horrible people become hecklers from the get i think it's like you know if you're just you know, if you're a jerk in high school and you're pulling up somebody's pants, you're probably the guy that's interrupting the guy on stage's act. So right, or you just run for president and then you'll be a baby uh, when you listen. He is the biggest heckler of all time. He, he's the biggest heckling, heckler of all he, time. He's heckling life. He's just heckling the planet. And now that he lost and he's been now that he's been sent to the principal's office, he's still heckling people oh from the he's principal's so, office. He's so mad. He is so mad. He can't handle it. It's like they had a thing yesterday. It was like a, at a medal ceremony or something. And like he just walked out in the middle of it because somebody said something about the inauguration. He's like, blah, 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 just like leaves. It's like this big thing. He's supposed to be there for this thing. And he just leaves. And he's like, because he just can't handle it. He's so freaking mad. He can't. He don't know what to do with himself. Right, right. Well, I it's guess so it's funny. it guess it's that whole the whole thing of like this hyper overcompensating aggression because of the ridiculously, you know, um, just the vulnerability that there's nothing's yeah. ever taking care of that hole. So he's just trying to fill that hole by destroying everything. It's like a black hole, just like trying to yeah. suck up everything else, but then it's never going to fill that thing. It's like getting kicked out of a store and just knocking stuff over on your Western. Right. 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 <laughs> We're closing in 15 minutes. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> it's like it's like when you're at the barney's warehouse sale and there's nothing in your size fuck you i hate you all this stuff is 10 percent of the price and i can't get any of it i hate you exactly kick your way out well dustin i'm so glad you joined us today yeah thank you buddy it was uh, a lot of fun how so just give us your tags how can people find you, you got um yeah uh at dustin underscore chafin uh you get on instagram and twitter and uh i think that's dustin facebook whatever you can find i have a facebook uh fan page as well dustin chafin one f 
and you can um, yeah check out my album. It's very exciting. You're gonna you're gonna love it. It's a lot of fun. It's, you can reserve uh, it now, but it comes out on December now. 23rd. The pre-order is available now on iTunes. Uh, just put in Dustin Chafe, and it'll come right up. And uh, release is on the 23rd. We're actually going to be having a album release party um, on the 22nd of December on Twitch, actually. Oh, okay. So I'll uh, be getting that out there as well. I think it's around eight o'clock. And um, yeah, <laughs> eight o'clock so, Eastern. <laughs> Eastern time. Jeez, Eastern time. So get the album. It's a Zoom album 2020. It's a historic moment that I was able to make this year. I'm very proud of it. So if you guys could uh, support, I really appreciate it because. As you know, comics, we're, we're a little broke right now. So Yeah, we're, we're living <laughs> off of every every like, every little tag, every time. You, yeah. Even just sharing whatever you see here, yeah. just share this and let other share, people know. Share, share, share. Somebody will buy it. We appreciate it. But it's yeah, a great album. Yeah. I'm happy to. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate yeah, it. I'm so great. Give it up again for it. Give it up again. I love it. I'm sorry, I've got comedy. I've got comedy got, reflex. Yeah. <laughs> Your plant, I mean, I, your your plant is going to give me an applause break. There you go. Exactly. All the African violets in my window are now applause. It's a standing ovation from all my seedlings. But that's the thing. You find yourself. Here's the funny. Here's what was really funny. Let me one quick thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you find yourself kind of losing your mind in this. And I remember when I did the special. This is what really helped me. And this is. And hopefully, I'm going to be doing a um, an actual special um, video, so you'll be able to see the experience because it was really worth seeing. Because what I did was. My um, my in-laws, uh, my mother-in-law, she has um, mannequin heads all over the place. Like she has wigs and like with hats ah, and stuff. Ah. And so so I took all these like mannequin heads and some of them have wigs and I put little hats on. I put masks on them and I and I, I set them right in front of the screen. So you see me doing my comedy and then you see the back of heads. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm literally, and at some point I'm doing crowd work with the heads. Like at one point, I someone said something in my head, so I punched him, and he, like he flies across the room. So it was like a funny, it was a funny way for the audience for me to kind of be silly about the idea of not being in a club. And then you realize how that's what makes it uncomfortable for us is that we don't have people in front of us. And so it was amazing what that did for me because I mean, obviously it was not real, but. When you kind of glancing and you see a, a head with hair, you think, oh, okay, that's a person. And you know, and you're you can you can lose yourself in that moment. So it really helped. It was a really right. funny thing. So right. I love it. Do you still have them? Do you have them around just for just to help you now? Like you could just well, use that all the time. That's a life hack for comics living alone. Well, Leah gets creeped out by him, so I can't have them in our house. But because <laughs> I like to put hats on because they protect my hats. And she's like, I'm not having fucking because I'm gonna walk around the corner and see a head and freak out. So you know, I have to hide them now, but whatever it's a one-time thing <laughs> yeah yeah oh that's great that's great well it's a life hack for a lot of people whether you're a comic or not you can put some heads in your room and have conversations You'd be surprised i mean i look i got through my divorce with two stuffed animals i just use them as like you know someone whatever to talk it takes to. Whatever, whatever it takes, it takes. <laughs> uh but I, thank you so much dustin and you know and, you. Uh, all Appreciate my basil it, right? plant my drag you know my thank you guys. snapdragon they all are thankful Hang in there Stay fertilized. <laughs> Stay fertilized. <laughs> Face the sun. Face the sun. It's only sun. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much, Dustin. Uh, I'm Rich Camco. For more information, you go to WTY Pod. That's We Dare Yet Podcast, WTYPOD.com. Uh, give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're getting this. Uh, and Dustin Chapin, thank you so much for joining us. There'll be links you, down here on the video or in the meta for you to find more information about Dustin and his album. Thank you. Bye Thanks bye. so much, Dustin. <laughs> bye. You're awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks. WTY
It's a comedy journey. 